Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, January 4th. Happy New Year. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Record turnout for the runoff elections in Georgia. Plus, the future of the United Kingdom as Brexit takes effect. But first, the GOP rebellion is today's one big thing. Are you ready for 2021? If you thought 2020 was a wild political year, well, buckle your seats for this week. Tomorrow, Georgia's voters will be determining the balance of power in Congress. And at the same time, President Trump is still trying to change the outcome of the presidential election. That was even more clear on Sunday when The Washington Post published a leaked call between the president and Georgia's secretary of state. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. He did not win the state. After two recounts, Georgia certified the election for Joe Biden, who won by 11,779 votes. Let's not forget Congress on Wednesday. Dozens of Republican members plan to defy their leadership by refusing to certify Biden's Electoral College win. We're here to catch you up on all of this. Let's start with Elena Treen, Axios's White House and congressional reporter. Elena, I think we have to start with that leaked audio from yesterday. How do you think that sets the stage for everything else that we're going to see this week? It's just so remarkable that this is still an issue. The president is still hanging on to the idea that he won the presidential election. And we're hearing in this call really this increasing desperation to have other people side with him. And again, this plea to Georgia's secretary of state to find these extra votes that would declare him the winner, which, of course, is not true. Elena, let's look forward to Wednesday and to the certification of the Electoral College votes. How is that process normally supposed to work? Normally, it's a procedural vote and nothing more than that. And that's why to see we're up to now 12 senators and, of course, many other Republicans in the House as well who are planning to object to certifying the Electoral College votes and essentially, you know, rejecting the results of the November presidential election. And this is really something that's abhorrent, I would argue, to many Republicans. We've seen several Republican lawmakers and senators say that this is wrong because this is the bedrock of American democracy. What's the strategy then behind the GOP members who are saying that they will not certify the will of the voters? You know, I think it's a lot of it really is about politics at the end of the day. Senator Hawley, who was the first one to lead this charge, and Senator Ted Cruz, they are both people who are 2024 hopefuls. And President Trump is still the most popular Republican politician in the country. More people came out for the election than we saw in years. And it's a play to those voters and it's a play to base politics at the end of the day. What are you watching for over the next few days? So we're expecting to have protests throughout Washington, D.C. and potentially in other states across the country in protest of the certification of those people who think that the election was stolen from the president, stop the steal, as they're calling it. And we should expect to see some of those protests happening at the same time that the joint session of Congress will meet to certify the results. Elena Trina is a White House and congressional reporter for Axios. Thank you, Elena. Thank you, Nyla. And we'll be back, actually, in 15 seconds with more on those Georgia Senate runoff races. Welcome back to Axios Today. 
all eyes are on Georgia this week. More than three million people have voted so far in the state's runoff elections, which will determine which party controls the Senate. Tomorrow is the official election day. The race is close and the very definition of a toss-up. That's according to Jessica Taylor, Senate and Governor's Editor at the Cook Political Report. And she's here now to catch us up on the state of the race. Happy New Year, Jessica. Happy New Year. 2020 is over, but not for elections. Right. And many of us are still recovering from the holidays. If you were in Florida or Georgia, I will say you did not get a break from this election because I heard a lot of commercials over the holidays. But can you remind us who's on the ballot here? Yeah, so this is a rare dual runoff in Georgia. So you have in the regular election, the incumbent Republican David Perdue running against his Democratic challenger, John Ossoff. And then in the special election, you have Kelly Loeffler, who was appointed to this seat at the beginning of 2020. She's the Republican, and she's running against Democrat Raphael Warnock, who is a Baptist pastor there. Jessica, how likely is it that both seats go Democrat or both go Republican? I have a very hard time seeing many ticket splitters in this because I think people are coming out there voting their party. And, you know, Republicans are saying this is the firewall, that if you don't want Democrats to have unified control of the White House and both houses of Congress, this is why they're hoping people come out. Democrats also, I think there was a fear that, okay, if they won the presidency, that their voters would be less engaged. But that hasn't happened. I had one Republican tell me, you know, It's because there was never sort of that moment of concession and President Trump is never going to give it to them. And the fact that, you know, the Senate was really a disappointment overall. There were so many competitive other seats that we didn't think that it would come down to both of these seats to determine Senate control. But that's what it is. Jessica, what are you watching for tomorrow? Are we going to get a result tomorrow night? The big thing to watch for is Republicans need a surge of Election Day turnout. Given how close everybody thinks it will be, and that's Republicans and Democrats that I talk to, and the fact that you have Republicans that are not even conceding the presidential race that was not close, I don't think it's going to be very clear unless it's a blowout victory and neither side's really expecting that. So I think it could be a while before we get that. That's Jessica Taylor, the Senate and Governor's Editor at the Cook Political Report. It happened at midnight on New Year's. The U.K. is officially out of the European Union. Axios' Felix Salmon is here now. Felix, we've been talking about Brexit for years, but I was surprised by some of the implications you wrote about over the weekend. For one, British police no longer have access to an important European security database. And then there's all that trade, right? I think the most surprising thing that most Americans don't realize is that the United Kingdom isn't even in a free trade area with itself anymore. You have to fill out customs declarations forms and various paperwork, even if you just are sending stuff back and forth between England and Northern Ireland, which is meant to be part of the same country. So much of Britain's economy is services like banking. How is Brexit going to affect that? Any bank based in London no longer has a passport to do business in Europe. But it's not just banking. It's computer support. It's insurance. It's any number of different things where Brits have been performing services for people in Europe, and now it's not clear whether they can or what kind of taxes they need to pay or what kind of restraints on trade there are. And now Scotland is considering seceding, and Northern Ireland might also vote to leave the UK. The United Kingdom has never been more fragile. And the United Kingdom will probably survive 2021, but will it survive a few years past that? I don't know. 
Felix Salmon is Axios' chief financial correspondent. Thank you, Felix. Thanks, Nyla. Brexit isn't the only thing that became official at midnight at the start of the new year. A whole bunch of new laws took effect in many U.S. states and cities. Oregon is the first state to decriminalize possession of small amounts of all kinds of drugs, not just marijuana, but drugs including heroin, LSD, or meth. Offenders face a $100 fine, which will be waived if they seek treatment for drug abuse. Workers in 20 states are getting a pay bump because of increases in minimum wage laws. And that includes 15 cities and counties that will reach a minimum of $15 an hour sometime this year. And in North Carolina, robots that deliver packages or takeout now have to obey traffic laws. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, you can tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.